0: Okay, uh, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast preview show, uh, something that we used to do on Love Sport back in the day. Um, And, you know, just because they're not around doesn't mean that we shouldn't be. If there's football to talk about, we should be here to do it. And uh, I'm very settled in on a Friday evening with a nice pint of beer in front of me. Uh, And of course, I'm joined by actually, you know, a man that I would quite often be having a pint or three with on a Saturday. So it seems very appropriate. How are you, Martin?
1: I'm good, mate. How are you? Uh, I've got a pint of water on me, so it's not quite the same, but um, there we go. Well, that's
0: that's behaviour unbecoming, I have to say, Martin. Oh, very, yes. Yeah, very unlike not... you. Very I unlike sh- you. Uh, so I should
1: have brought a note.
0: <laughs> well, you should. You should. But it's it's really lovely to see you, nevertheless. Uh, we, yeah, yes. we are, of course, expecting the diva that is Jonathan Kidd, but... Uh, who knows where he is, but whatever. But we've got fun. We've got a lot sh- lot on the show tonight. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. We're going to have a bit of a round-up of the, of the news in a minute. Uh, and then uh, we're going to have Liam Toomey, hopefully, with us uh, to talk about the press conference today. And uh, we've also, hopefully, got Steve Grant from Total Saints Podcast on the Opposition View to get Southampton's perspective on it. Because, of course, the real reason we're here is, of course, that Chelsea are playing uh, my local team, as it happens, Southampton uh a team that i hate to lose to for all the obvious reasons having grown up down in this manner but there you go let's crack on immediately actually before we do that quick hello to everybody in mixler or uh, the, the thousands that are in there listening to this show live good to have you in there um yeah so uh we've just come out of the international uh matches uh martin um with what can be described as, I think actually the Chelsea players on on the whole did really, really well. I mean, I I saw a bit of uh, the Wales game. Um, I saw a bit of the Belgium game. Well, actually, do you know what? Weirdly, I forgot it was on. And would you believe I was digging in my allotment, which is not a euphemism, by the way. I really was digging in my allotment. Um, And I came back and thought, fuck, the football's on. And I twitched it on, just as Mason Mount scored a really wonderful deflected goal which ended up being the winner against the best team in the world. So I thought Mount did okay. I thought James was superb uh, against Denmark in a very awkward match. Uh, I, I applauded him wholeheartedly for gobbing off at the referee and getting a red card as well. That's what I like. Havertz and Werner both did very well. They scored goals and assisted each other. Uh, Rudiger had a shocker apparently, although I didn't see it, and Kepa got minutes. So I think all in all, the Chelsea boys done all right.
1: Yeah, I must confess I did not watch a single one of those games because, as you well know, my international team is the Republic of Ireland. So, while England were playing Wales, I was watching us get knocked out of the Euro 2020 playoffs. Um, Of course! Yes, the Irish! (laughs) Yeah, the the bad luck of the Irish. (laughs) I think by the end of it, we were lucky to get a team out because half our players got fucking COVID. So, it was an absolute shambles of a thing. But um, I did... I didn't see any of the game against Wales. I saw the last ten minutes of the game against Belgium. I did see Mounts goal and I saw Rhys James make his first start for England. So good for him. But you know, three games behind closed doors at Wembley is just a bit rubbish, really. I'm, I'm sure they're absolutely made up with it, but I think they were perfect, um, think- perfect occasions to get fans in, and it wasn't used.
0: Well, I you know, the arguments on that will run and run and run, won't they? I mean, the thing that yeah. really, you know, I used to be you know, I would say quite easily as much of an England fan as I I was a Chelsea fan. Um, Kind of where I started really loving football was because of England, in a sense, before I started loving Chelsea. But I've got to be honest, mate, it just just turns me cold these days. I mean, okay, you know, empty stadium and all the rest of it really, really doesn't help. Uh, And, and, you know, we know what that's like uh, just for the Chelsea games. But... It irritates me now, and I'll tell you for why. I mean, you know, Chilwell picked up an injury. Mount, you know, had to run around and, you know, run his arse off again. Um, Mendy's got injured. Uh, you know, Kante's taken a knock. It, I, it, the thing that really hits me is I really don't feel emotionally attached to it anymore, and it just seems to be far more trouble than it's worth.
1: Yeah, well, there's always the risk of players getting injured, but... Yeah. Because now it's normally it would be two games in the international period and for reasons known only to themselves, I suspect money is involved, it's now three. Mm. So I've I can't remember them playing three international games in a week in the season. I'm sure the club managers aren't too happy about it. And it increases the risk of injury. I mean, the collective crying I saw when Mendy got injured was well something it was wasn't a surprise and it looks like he's out tomorrow.
0: He's definitely out tomorrow.
1: And as well as this, with everything that's going on in the world, do you really want players that are in a secure, fairly secure bubble at their club to prevent themselves getting the virus, going, crisscrossing the globe, coming back and potentially infecting other players? I mean, I'm very, I don't think, I'll be honest, I think international football should take a back seat for a good year until this Mess gets sorted out, and I would I would have extended that to European club football as well, because Mm. if we we've got players going into hotspots of coronavirus, I think it's absolute madness.
0: I, you know, it's a really interesting point. I I wasn't I wasn't planning to talk about that, but actually, I think it's a really good thing to talk about because I'm
1: feeling because Jonathan's not here, so
0: no, no, but (laughs) it's a really good point actually, and and it's remiss of me not not to to kind of put it in the running order because. I remember us uh, kind of whinnying on the other week on the fan cast about, well, why aren't the youth players getting a go? And of course, they're in a separate bubble. And I think that, that it kind of explained that away. And then you send all of our players off, you know, out of our bubble into somewhere else. And I mean, you know, Ronaldo picked up the coronavirus, didn't he? So there's no. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm sure others will. Well, like I said, with Ireland,
1: a load of players had to. One got infected. Others had to isolate, and they were all of the the same club connections. So it will probably affect them. The club, I think, it's Sheffield United it affects as much as anything else. They'll go back to their bubble and have to isolate if they've
0: been in close contact with someone. Well, they they will indeed, and I think I I, I don't know. I mean, if I, you know, the the cynical part of me says that maybe. The clubs and those who run football are saying oh well they're all fit and young they'll all be fine they'll just get it and they'll know they'll, they'll be they'll feel better a few days later but only takes one well i was going to say and i don't mean to be more morbid or mawkish about this but you know the law of averages says that if they carry on being this lackadaisical about it a footballer is going to die of covid and then what are they going to do
1: Yeah, they'll probably make excuses. It doesn't even need to be a footballer. I mean, I seem to recall in the first lockdown, Sammy Abraham was one of those who publicly expressed reservations on the basis that his father was an asthmatic and he didn't want to be putting himself at risk while the virus was in high prevalence.
0: And there is that as well. Of course, we shouldn't forget that. Well, there you go. They're all over now. But of course, they're not all over because we're going to have to do it all again in the middle of November, which is a right pain in the arse. But... Uh, the upside of that is that it means that we'll do another Q&A podcast on the Monday evening. It, we had a lot of fun last Monday. We had all the, we had a load of Patreon members in there uh, on the Zoom session live. It was great fun. And a, a show that both Jonathan and I uh, really, really enjoyed doing, actually. And Dan, I think, was in there as well. And who, who else was in there? Dane was in there, too. We had a lot of fun, so we'll be doing that again on November the sixteenth. So there is an upside to the international break. So I should shut up moaning. Um, one other thing that kind of crept up in the news. I was going to talk about Jorginho apparently after another uh, another uh, contract, what's,
1: but what for singing? Yeah, what's well, it, an well, album I,
0: I think it's just gossip. So I'm just I'm going to ignore it. What I am going to talk about really did happen, and I have to say, mate, I was a bit saddened by it. Um, Ian matson has gone on loan to Charlton. Now, why am I sad about it? I mean, you know, clearly you would have thought he wasn't going to play much. But I have to say, considering that our backup left-backs are Emerson and Alonso, both of whom were trying to be, you know, shifted out of the club, I would have thought, you know, it might have been an opportunity for Matson to come in. But at least he's going to a club where they look after our Chelsea players and they'll get game time.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's caught me by surprise because this small one, my boss is a Charlton fan. And he just said, "Oh, he, just, he came out of the blue in a conversation." He said, "Our oh, last left back we got from Chelsea did a good job. He was a He was talking about Jade Silva. and then he said, "Oh, we've got another one." So, okay, what's his name? Couldn't remember it. I've checked their squad page, and there it is, big bold letters: Ian Matson's on loan from Chelsea. I was as surprised by it as you are. But if he's getting games, it can only be better, better for him. But I suspect in a nor- in normal times, Emerson would have been out the door. And Matson would have been the third choice.
0: Indeed. Well, good luck to Ian Matson. I, 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 you know, I, he played. La, he played last season, didn't he? I can't remember who it was again. It, might Grimsby. Have been, it was Grimsby, wasn't it? And he looked. Grimsby
1: in the League Cup. I think he played in. Yeah. Did he play in the one of the? Was it? When we played Everton, oh, was it Andrew and I can't
0: remember? I think it was Andrew but yeah, okay. he looked good and I, I, yeah. I, I wish him well because he looks a good player. Um, right, we're going to have a quick break and when we come back we're going to have Liam with us, Liam Toomey from The Athletic who is going to tell us everything that happened in the presser with Frank Lampard today. See you in a minute.
1: Fans,
2: real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total Nutters and Proper Chelsea.
3: Football
0: OK, welcome back. This is the uh, Chelsea Fancast preview show, our little soiree on a Friday evening. Uh, what would in, a, in, a, in an ideal world, would be like a pre-pub chat before we all went down the pub and got hammered, but sadly, not really at the moment. Uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, of course. Uh, I've got the uh, lovely Martin Wickham with me.
1: Evening. I can rest my voice
2: now for a bit and all.
0: You can. Uh, you can do that because um, uh, the star of the show has finally waltzed through the door, so to speak, Mr Jonathan Kidd.
2: Yeah, I've come in uh, in three-quarter time. Thank you. I'm sorry, Chidge. I didn't realise that I was supposed <laughs> to be here at seven. I thought it was seven ten, waiting for seven yeah. fifteen, and I'll I'll fit you in. I thought, oh, Chidge has got some kind of appointment, some kind of meet important meeting.
0: Yeah, it was it was the Chelsea fan cast, mate. Oh, was that seven. what it was? Yeah. Oh, well. I knew it was something. But hey ho, we we it's sorry good to see you. It's, lovely to be it's here. good to see you now, uh our special guest, of course, this is like a bit of a kind of a reversion of the love sports show, and I'm really really delighted because I haven't seen him for ages, hasn't been on the show for ages, but uh the uh the lovely Liam toomey, who of course now writes for the athletic Liam, How are you
4: i'm good yeah i'm- pr- pretty good um i i I've watched none of the international football no, you missed that, but you're all
0: right, don't worry, you're safe. I, I,
4: I couldn't bring myself to watch it, and I, to be honest, I don't think international football should even be happening right now.
0: Well, you know what? We were kind the of—is yeah. there, is there an echo in here? <laughs> uh, we we were actually pretty much saying the same thing for the same reasons. I have to say a couple of things before we get into the meat and potatoes of what I, I want to talk to you about. And first of all, you're doing some Sterling work with the Athletic and some brilliant work on the. Uh, straight out of cobham podcast which is a great listen if if people listen to this and they haven't listened to liam and, and dom and simon and matt on the straight out of cobham podcast i commend it to you it's really good uh but i i need to personally thank you for doing such a fantastic uh piece and tribute to andrew wood woody uh last week which was very heartfelt he was a he was a mate of many of ours so we were very grateful for that so thank you well
4: i, I just felt that it was something that um needed to be written about because i was i was really taken aback i, I obviously didn't know him, um but i was really taken aback by the the tributes that i saw from from all of you guys and from many others um and, and of course people at chelsea as well paying tribute to, to to andrew wood and yeah it just felt like a story that that, that should be told
0: mm, good stuff well th- thank the
2: you gesture from the villa players was absolutely fantastic the Villa players doing it as well. It? Grealish
0: and uh, Ross Barkley yeah. absolutely brilliant, yeah. brilliant. That was a nice touch. that's I mean, to be frank, he he deserved it. He, he was a lovely, lovely chap. And I've been reading CFC UK tonight, and there's you know equally a huge amount of tributes in there. Right, now today it's Friday, Liam, which means one and one thing only. No, not Cracker Jack for those uh, of you who are not teenagers. No, it means the Chelsea press conference, which of course is done like this now, isn't it, Liam? Which must be weird for a start. Um. But uh, you know, I, I I didn't see it, but I know what happened. Um, first of all, injury updates. Mendy out, silver out, Chilwell fit, Pulisic fit, Ziyech not fit to start. But of course the big issue uh with Mendy being out is the decision on the keeper, which Frank was uh, he played with a rather straight bat, I think the expression is, isn't it?
4: Yeah, he's he's certainly giving himself um every available out on that one, he didn't want to reveal his decision ahead of time. I think he will go with Kepper, purely on the basis that Chelsea as a club are still invested in giving him every possible chance. Um, and also because he was the goalkeeper on the bench for the last couple of games that Mendy played. Um, but we won't know until we yeah. actually see the, the team line up. I just think it would be quite a, it, it would be another big line in the sand drawn from Lampard if he was to go with Caballero against Southampton Um Given that you you still kind of want to give, or Chelsea are certainly minded to give Kepper every chance to to try and recover his confidence.
0: Mm. I mean, you know, I I know it's different, you know, because you're not actually physically in in the room for the press conferences these days. And I remember Jonathan will remember this too. You know, when we used to do the Love Sports Show, we always used to say, "So, so Liam, what was the vibe?" you know in the press conference room we we can't really do that but i'm still going to ask it i mean you know frank i mean frank i mean tell me what you think about frank as a as a manager in in the context of press conferences i I always get the impression that he's a very bright guy but he does play the game he's not going to tell you anything that you're not going to get anything out of him necessarily that's that's the impression i get
4: yeah I'll, i'll caveat this by saying that um with the job i do with the athletic now i'm not in every press mm. conference, like I was for ESPN, so someone like Ollie might have uh, more insight than me on that. But okay. what I've seen, Sorry. Sorry. but what I've seen from um, the, the Lampard press conferences that I've been in is that I mean, he he kind of is what he was as a player, which is um, someone who's been very used to being interviewed since he was a teenager, and he, you know, you, you can tell he he's from the lineage of of the red knaps as well as the Lampards and that he he knows how the media game works. I've there have been a couple of times I've been in press conferences with Lampard where he's he's kind of said, Oh, I know where that question's going, or I know what that headline's <laughs> gonna be. You know, he he knows he knows how the game works and he's always been very, very good at managing how he comes across. Um and I think that's actually in modern management, modern elite club management, that's a more important skill, I think, than it used to be because now these managers... JK, what are you
0: doing? <laughs> I, he looked like a monk, didn't he? Like a Cistercian monk or something. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm what so are you, you doing? <laughs>
2: you, I'm just taking my clothes off.
0: You're just an upstager, mate. Liam's no, in I, mid-flow and you, I, I, you do I, something... I didn't mean to. Sorry, I didn't think I'd be... Dis- it? it looks like it? a
2: straitjacket.
1: Leave it there. Bloody well ought to be.
4: It's just quite yeah. a hot,
2: I've had a shoulder hot. operation, so I can't get it off properly, you see. Yeah. It's
4: hot up in Finland, JK. Very, very
2: hot. Well, I'm in an igloo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Your well, aurora uh... borealis is showing again. Look, you, you interrupted a minute ago because you were going to ask something. and Now you have properly. You might as well ask what you were going to ask Liam, if you see what I mean.
2: No, I was just going to the... say, let's get Ollie. I was going to say.
0: You <laughs> <Ollie's
4: laughs> <Jesus. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> i, I, I ask a question. seriously
2: seriously I can ask a question <laughs> do you think do you think frank's looking a bit um um tense i, I find frank slightly more tense i think uh, 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 d- just a little bit than he was and a bit more cagey liam i just i'm getting that feeling with him i think he's slightly under pressure um because of the uh the completely unfair aspect of 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 people having a go but i, I find it ridiculous that you know none of the, the they do they do things like um top you see it, polls appearing of top purchases in the transfer window and not a single chelsea player's in it i mean i know that's probably just just trolls or, or whatever but nonetheless is he is he um uh, i still feel that that there is that kind of uh, hangover from abramovich being um uh, having bankrolled us before and people paying no attention to the fact that you know united pay huge amounts of money for players as well um do you, is i just feel he's a little bit less uh, um uh I don't know, avuncular, wrong word, but you know, I just think he he just seems slightly more guarded. Hence, yeah, yeah, guarded. Yeah,
4: is that? Well, I think you get. I think he, I think he feels the pressure, and I don't mean that in the sense that he's cracking under it or anything. I, I think, think he 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 does he does realise that this is the real Chelsea job now. Um, you know, last year he had he had circumstances that. Made his job more complicated, but also protected him from from criticism in some ways. He doesn't have that this time. Chelsea, the biggest spenders in in the market in net terms, Abramovich has has kind of won the transfer window for the first time in. Do we in get a trophy years, for that, that Liam? Say. Well, I, I, I don't Spurs know. First we'll would um, they would. <laughs> you could I argue. Intrigued.
2: I was intrigued because of the because of the roller coaster of this. We're suddenly linked with Haaland.
4: Did you see that as
2: well? Everyone
4: is going to be linked with Erling Haaland. Everyone is that. He, he's, he's
2: is he coming to the end of his contract or something? No. It's no, just, no. He, he has
4: next summer. He has a 65 million euro release clause, right. which is incredibly low for what is probably the best young striker. Well, I mean, along with Kylian Mbappe, the best young striker in the world. So uh, he will be next summer. Him and Jadon Sancho will both be um, having basically their pick of elite European clubs but Haaland they'll probably be even more buzz about because by of the that way
2: price. S- Sancho was terrible for England during the week just to say he didn't hardly okay. got a touch came on a substitute was absolutely invisible it glad was, one of us is watching yeah well, no I, I wanted to watch because I wanted to watch um James and uh and Mount to be honest and J- James was fabulous but he didn't wasn't doing any defending he was just coming forward um, and he was and again, these wonderful crosses, and somebody should have been on the end of them, you know. And Mount was great as well. So I,
0: you I, could have talked about that if you'd have been here at seven. Oh, but you got, weren't. So you I, can't. I got this We've WhatsApp done from We've you, done Chid. It. We've done. I even
2: it. answered the Chid. I even answered the Alexander Gordon because Chid's read out. Oh, his, I haven't uh, seen that. I'll,
0: I'll check that. Did you? What did you think? I, did I get the job? No. Okay. But, fuck but, you too.
2: You had a jolly good go, <laughs> James Alexander
0: <Chid. laughs> You turned up you know basically is what you say you know yeah. yeah yeah
2: you had a go well that's good i was like that you know you had a go shoot well i love
0: done. you too um one of the, i mean you know it, shush i'm not to talk to Liam about the presser um Sorry. there are i mean you know other than the injuries which we kind of knew about and and you know i can understand why he's played a straight back with Kepper. but he a couple of other interesting things that that he mentioned um you know, I can't. I don't know who asked the question because I didn't see it. But somebody was talking about something that's been on our minds a lot. Which is we've seen some really odd results, haven't we? I mean, you know, the seven-two mm-hmm. Liverpool loss, obviously the one that springs to mind, Six-one Spurs, obviously. Um, you know, it was interesting what he said about that actually. And I, I thought I thought he answered that very well. Would, would you like to enlighten us a little bit, Liam?
4: Oh well, I can tell you what I think. I'll just look up, refresh my memory as to what Lampard said. Well, I I can do that for you. I mean,
0: basically, he he was saying, you know, something that we've been saying on the show, actually, pretty much since the start of the season, that, you know, there hasn't been enough pre-season. People aren't up to speed yet. You know, new players coming in. So you are, as we all should remember, you are going to get, you know, odd results happening. And he felt it was down to that. I also happen to think, and me and the boys had talked about this on the show recently, that having no fans there is also making a big difference. If you look at the number of away wins, for example, which you might not normally get.
4: Yeah, I think there's I think there's a few different elements at play. I mean, pre-season is typically when coaches do all of their preparation, tactical, physical. Um, it, it's where, yeah, the whole foundation for a season is is laid, um, particularly at top clubs. So much work goes into it. And there was no pre-season this year. There just, there just wasn't. The turnaround was so short. Um, and when you add that to the fact that Chelsea are pretty much one of the only new teams in the Premier League this season with the number of new players they've bought, and all of these players turned up at slightly different times, slightly different stages of fitness, some of them coming from other leagues, some of them coming from elsewhere in the Premier League. Um, it it's going to take time. And, and I think the attacking element of this is part of it as well. You know, I asked Lampard about the challenge of trying to balance everything in that attack today. And um, I think it's harder and it takes more time to build that kind of attacking chemistry than maybe it does to, to build a, a defensive system now. <laughs> I, I know I know we haven't seen I know we I know there's recent evidence to the contrary. But um really you know is. you can see generally in coaching a, a new coach can come in and drill a defense or at, at least a deep line defence quite quickly but attacking patterns and combinations and stuff they take a little bit longer and players often have to try and figure it out on the pitch with each other. Um, so I think all of that goes into it and then you add the fact there are no there are no crowds. Every match takes place in a really surreal ghost of an atmosphere. Different players react to that in different ways. Some players feed off the crowd. Some players put get themselves into a mental state where the crowd doesn't really exist for them. Um, and some players, it, it really lightens the pressure on them. And I think also when you get these games where, you know, a team goes two three one down, often the crowd would get on their back yeah. and... Sort of facilitate a change of momentum a little bit, um, and because that isn't happening, they just keep conceding and yeah. end up losing five six one or I, seven
2: two. I I perversely think the referees have got better in this environment because yeah. I don't think they're, they're not they're swayed
0: by the crowd, are they? By the crowd
2: anymore? Yeah.
0: No. Um, Liam, last thing because I mean I know I mean you know I, I'd love to talk to you about this for about an hour actually, but don't don't panic. The look you gave me then was one of horror. I'm not going to do that. Uh, although maybe we should it's it's not now but it's it's such a big issue I, I, I've i not done my piece on it yet because I wanted to kind of let it digest a bit and it's an incredibly fast-moving story the reason I bring it in is because I know that they talked about it in the in the presser and unsurprisingly Frank was never going to say anything about it um, but it's the project big picture thing so I mean really what I'm asking you is what you felt about what Frank had to say and what you think about it yourself because I, I think you've have you done a piece on it this week I haven't no,
4: but at the Athletic we've written a lot yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Lampard pretty much said all he could. You know, he can't he can't really speak for Chelsea no. as an institution on something like this no. because these discussions are happening at the very top level of all of these clubs. And um, I think you've seen, you know, the 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 old saying: success has many parents, failure is an orphan. You know, as soon as it became clear this. Um, idea was dead on arrival Uh, a lot of clubs Chelsea included were were very very keen to distance themselves from it either publicly or privately Um, and it was very much even Liverpool Manchester United you know the clubs that were basically the architects of the plan um, their owners didn't turn up to the Premier League meeting where it was comprehensively dismissed wow Um, so yeah you know it, it basically as soon as it came out it was it was dead immediately but i think the we were we discussed on our podcast about whether this kind of, kind of leads to a european super league somewhere down the line and i'm not necessarily convinced yet that we're on like a one track path to to that but it does seem like everything that's happening in the world and everything that's happening to the football ecosystem is speeding up the process of the top clubs wanting to grab more control and more power of the sport for themselves um i don't know whether that will eventually take the form of the european super league or whether it'll be something else but as a concept that's not good for the game because those we, we've seen in many other areas of the world that when a group of powerful individuals or organisations make you know seize control of an entire industry or area they tend to make decisions and govern for their own benefit rather than the benefit of of everyone. Um, so I, I don't think it it would be for the good of football. But it's becoming increasingly difficult, I think, to see how the mechanisms of football can can stop it happening.
0: Mm. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, Liam, we we could do an hour on this, and maybe we should one day. But uh, I, I i think the, I think the immediate, the most immediate likelihood is that, particularly if we got fans staying out the stadiums for a while is that you'll end up with peep, you know pay-per-view per club I think that'll be the first thing but I I do think I mean you know I've been writing about this talking about this for 15-20 years you know I, I, I will be amazed if there isn't a European Super League in my lifetime because they want it and they have the power, but there you go. Liam, as always, you're an absolute delight. It's lovely to see you, mate. Um, hopefully, we'll get you back on soon on the Friday night, maybe even the Monday night, but I know you're so busy with your own podcast now. What can I say?
4: Well, we don't record on Monday night, so I'm sure we'll be able to find the time.
0: Good man. It'd be lovely to. I, I, I owe everybody a schedule before they remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do, but I'll get yeah. it out soon. Liam, good to see you, mate. We'll see you again soon. Uh, thanks so much, mate. Right, um, we're going to be back in a minute. and I uh,
2: Liam briefly. You, apologize. You're going to apologise to him?
0: Yeah, to Liam, because yes. about, uh, about Chilwell. I apologise. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. However,
2: however, that was when he was going for 80 million, and I said he would never go yeah. for that. be worth 50. That was my caveat.
0: Liam's only taking them and writing these days, JK. Anyway, look, we've got to go for a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to have uh, our lovely opposition view. Uh, and this week, we've got Steve Grant from the Total Saints podcast, because, of course, we're playing Southampton tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. We'll see you in a sec.
3: fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea football
0: right welcome back to chelsea fancast preview show on a friday night live and direct on mixler of course for those that know uh, and uh, this is time for what we like to call this
4: the opposition
0: view right and we've got uh we've got steve grant from the total saints podcast because we're playing southampton tomorrow which of course steve probably won't know this but um i am currently in winchester so they are technically my local team right so but don't 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 have a go at me i lived in london for 30 years what can i say but uh I, I mean, most of my my school friends are Southampton fans, Steve. So I, this is a bit weird for me. I mean, what can I
3: say? Well, we've we've kind of swapped because I'm actually in Croydon. So.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Fair <laughs> enough. It's a bit like... That's, it's not
3: a, Lo- that's not London, it's Surrey. Well,
0: yeah, well, don't get technical. But like, what, what lockdown, uh, yeah. uh, that's a bit like the House... Let's
3: see what the lockdown status says. That's a
0: bit like the Houses of Parliament when, when MPs pair up because they want to piss off down the pub rather than vote. So we've kind of cancelled each other out. I like that. Right, we got you lot tomorrow. Um, your form, um, has been, I mean, it's been interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, how on earth did you lose 5-2 to Spurs, first of all? But
3: well, we, we managed to um, give Sun heung um the same goal four times. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just an extraordinary um, spell of non-defending, where we basically... Just played directly into into their hands, really. Um, just got everything completely wrong for for 45 minutes in that game because mm-hmm. we were well on, we were well on top at half halftime. Um, could probably should have been two or three clear, and then all of a sudden um, they equalised right on the stroke of half time, and we just kind of collapsed in a, in a bit of a heap in the second half.
0: But I mean that that is a bit of an outlier. I mean I know I know you you lost one nil to Palace first up. Um, but I mean the last couple of games have been all right. You've beaten Burnley away, which is no no. I mean that's not easy really. People yeah, we've got a terrible is. record up there as well. Well, a lot of people have. They are not they're not easy on their own patch. And uh, I mean West Brom. I mean we we you know obviously we drew 3-3 with them, so they're clearly one of the best teams in the league, you know, so for you to beat West Brom was a good result. I mean, I, I get the sense that that things are picking up for Saints, and obviously Danny Ings has been front and centre of that, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, ultimately, I mean, you got to still credit everybody else because um, without the work that he does, without the work that they do, he would, um, he would really struggle because you got to get the service. I mean, you can't, I mean, he's not Lionel Messi. He's not Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not producing goals for himself. It's it's all a it's all a big team effort. But ultimately, he's the one that's that's in front of goal to to take to take them all. And um, you're, you're yeah,
2: underestimating I mean, him. I think I I think he's terrific. I think his his positional play, his ability to sniff out goals, is uh, absolutely fantastic. Scored for uh,
0: England in the week. Yeah, yeah,
2: in situations where you know you don't. He sort of lingers a bit on the edge of the area and then moves around. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I think he'd get goals even with bad service. I think his,
3: his running, his running style is fascinating because last season I think he scored three goals as a result, as a direct result of chasing down the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and basically, like when when the opposition's kind of passing it around the back and it ends up back at the keeper, um, quite often they can kind of get lulled into a false sense of security because he's kind of ambling around, and then all of a sudden he'll just break on them. And they don't... Samuel, and, Samuel,
2: Samuel Eto'o used to do that. Eto'o used to score goals yeah. right, by even standing behind the goalkeeper and waiting for the goalkeeper to put the ball down. And then he'd turned and he'd come and kick the ball away. And it was perfectly legitimate just because mm. the goalkeeper had fallen asleep for a bit, you know. But no, I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of Ings. Forgive me. I'm, I yeah, think I, I've
0: got to be honest. Yeah, I am <laughs> too. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I,
1: I am too, you know. Considering because, the injuries he came back from as well. Yeah, exactly, Martin.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. But there's another reason why I'm a big fan of uh, Danny Ings. He's the third most famous... A uh, person born in Winchester after me and Wayne bridge. So, you know, he's all right. <laughs> yes. He's all right. But anyway, we digress. Um, I'm going to, I want to talk to you about Hassan Hooter, but I'm going to, I'm going to wait for a minute cause we are talking about the players. Um, obviously, you know, we've got, uh, two former Chelsea players there in Oriol Romeu and, uh, Ryan like a lion against Bayern Bertrand who we've I mean Chelsea fans have a, as these boys will tell you that a huge affection for Ryan Bertrand or Rion Bertrand as we used to call him back in the day um I actually quite like Oriol R- Romeo too I mean I, I had this spate, uh Steve where I would get asked to usually buy some brand or something I would go and get to interview a, a player at Chelsea and then weirdly about a week later they'd be sold so I'm, I'm, I'm not welcome at Cobham anymore unless they want to get rid of somebody like Emerson, I'm happily uh, interview him, obviously. Um, how, they, how have they done at Southampton? I mean, you know, what, what's your view of them as players?
3: I mean, Bertrand's been superb from, mm. pretty much from, from, the, from the moment he arrived. Um, and it's, it's very strange because he, despite the fact that he's clearly one of our better players and just the maturity that he shows on and off the pitch is, um should be an inspiration to basically any young player, um, he seems to be relatively underrated among the fan base, which, which seems, I mean, it's, it's always baffled me that. But um, I think fullbacks, the fullback position has been so important for us that we kind of almost take it for granted now. Um, and yet, you kind of look at the players that we've had on the opposite flank in the same period, and they've, and none of them have been anywhere near to his level. Um, and yet they've, they've kind of, um, like. I mean, take Cedric as a prime example. He's he's now somehow got a four-year deal at Arsenal. When the that, guy that get surprised
1: me a few weeks back as well. Just oh, saw him saw him in an Arsenal shirt and just thought it was another player.
3: But I mean that that was a, that was an agent link. That was Kia um having uh, having far too much of an influence. Yeah,
0: lovely the, man, yeah. lovely man.
3: Yeah, um, but no, Bert, Bertrand's been absolutely superb. Um, I mean, for me, I mean. After Ings, I would say he's the, he's the second second name on the team really? sheet for me. Um, romeo has been a, been a little bit more up and down, um, <laughs> but I think a lot of that is the position that he plays and the and the system that we play means that naturally he's going to be his influence is going to vary quite a lot. Um, he's very good against the better teams, I find, because he's good at breaking up the play, um, particularly good at those those sort of Snidey, niggly little fouls that you don't tend to get booked for, but you can get away with with making sort of two or three of them in the centre circle um, during a game, and it will just irritate the hell out of the opposition. Um, so I'd, I'd fully expect to see at least at least a couple of those tomorrow. Um, he scored a cracking
0: think, goal, didn't he? Was that was that against West Brom?
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think he was probably more surprised by that than anybody else. Um, I think I'm sure I saw somewhere that that was his. I mean it was it was certainly his first goal in about 50 games mm. and I think his first touch in the opposition box since January.
0: <laughs> it sounds like the oral remote remote. Um,
3: I, I mean yeah I mean, I mean he's not in the team for his goal scoring no. but um, it was it's interesting actually that I think had the Pierre Hoyberg situation not kind of escalated around Christmas time where rumors started coming out that um, he was looking to move on. I think to be honest, we'd have been concentrating our efforts on finding an upgrade for, for Romeo. Um, but as it turns out, obviously he stayed, we had to get a replacement for Hoiberg, and we've got, um, Ibrahima Diallo in from, uh, Brest. who's a French under 21 international. Um, so we've got, we've kind of filled that hole, but I think as a result of that, Romeo has kind of probably felt his position slightly reinforced. Um, because it's likely to be um, him and War Prowse in the centre of midfield.
0: Who's a good player? Um, good yeah, War Prowse, yeah. Prowse
3: has come on a lot in the last probably eighteen months or so. Um, but he, he does he does have this habit of having sort of spells of two or three months where he looks excellent, mm. and then I don't know whether he takes his eye off the ball or um, kind of just relapses into into a few old habits. So and he's not started this season superbly. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that the international break, um, he's kind of had sort of things put into his head that kind of give him a bit more focus um, going forward for the rest of the season.
0: What about Walcott, Steve? I mean, he, you know, he's he's turned up from Everton. He's gone back to where he started his career. I mean, how do how do you feel about that?
3: Um, when it when it was first mooted, I kind of thought, well, that's completely not the sort of signing we make. Um, he's on big wages he's got a checkered injury record and hasn't really been playing an awful lot in the last two two years or so um but you kind of listen to the enthusiasm that he's got for coming for coming back to us and the fact that everton are paying the majority of his wages so there's so the financial outlay isn't isn't sort of obscene from our perspective we've not had to pay a loan fee um so, Financially, it works quite well for us. He's out of contract in the summer, so it's a possibility that he's either putting himself in... If he puts himself in the shop window for other teams, that means he's done well. Um, or alternatively, he just says, well, OK, I'm, I'm quite happy to stay here if, you, if, the, if the terms are right. So I think, actually, I think it's a it's a signing that makes an awful lot of sense, other than the fact that he's the wrong side of 30, which, as I say, is kind of just completely not what we do. So it's quite unusual in that respect.
0: Mm. So, tomorrow, I mean, I just looking down, you know, at the the list uh, and we actually lost to you last year. Our last game against you at home, we lost 2-0. I've managed yeah, to er- 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 erase that from my memory bank for some reason. I can't I totally haven't like...
1: because um last time I done one of these preview shows, I highlighted Irish international strikers who only score against Chelsea in the <laughs> Premier League. So in, in 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 the in the habit of David McGoldrick, Callum Robinson, I'd like to bring to the table Michael Obafemi. And yeah, what well, yeah That's not O either. Yeah, yeah
3: just, just trying to think whether Shane Long scored against you as well. He I'm sure he, he has. He
0: <laughs> no, Redmond scored, didn't he? I think we get it was, Red, he, it was yeah, Redmond we, and obafame yeah, We passed, got the second yeah, one. We passed it to him or something. I can't remember. I, as I said it's funny how I uh, that would have been on Boxing Day, wouldn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. which I, I have a habit of uh, I mean I I had to move out of London a couple of years ago and that's kind of put the kibosh on a boxing day match for me um so there we go so I wasn't there but I I I do I do remember I have a horrible memory of it anyway but anyway this is a different year isn't it Steve um how do you see it going I mean I mean let's face it you're only a point behind us so you know
3: yeah I mean it's it's an interesting one I mean I think I've, I've been very surprised by your transfer dealings in the summer because it was painfully obvious to basically anybody watching that your problem last season was your defence. No,
4: really? going
3: forward, <laughs> going forward, you have been fine, and yet, in and yet in the close season, it's oh, we're just going to spend all the money on signing all of the um, all of the sort of high profile attacking players for massive money. I mean, obviously, you've, you've then since gone and got Chilwell and Silver, um, oh. Thiago Silva, mm. um, but it does seem as if Lampard's kind of, I mean. If it works out in a sort of Keegan, Keegan-esque, will score one more than you system, then I think neutrals will actually quite enjoy it because it'll be really entertaining. But I can't help but think that if, if you want to win anything, you've got to have a much better defence than you showed last season. And, I mean, the West Brom game kind of showed that it's not really improved yet. Mm. Um, but I think... In terms of the way we'll set up, I think we'll play the way that we usually do it at Chelsea, and that we'll we'll probably look to sit deep and and hit you on the hit you on the counter attack. Um, I mean, it worked absolutely perfectly last season. Um, I mean, in truth, we probably should have won by more than the two nil. Um, the way the way that game went, but um, I, I don't. I think it's it's one of those games where all three results are. Uh, up in the air i think i mean you'll be you'll be favorites obviously with the with the attacking spoils that you've got and the fact that our defense is um somehow worse than yours but um i think there's a pot- there's a possibility there that a lot of um a lot of your players come back from international duty having played three games in the space of a week and are possibly a little bit jaded yeah. um we've we've only had I think um, obviously Ings played the Wales game, but he didn't come off the bench in either of the the two competitive games. Um, War Prowse uh, likewise, so we've not really had too much exertion this week. Um, so other than the two, other than two, um, well one injury and one illness, um, we're pretty much at full strength.
2: Mm, so Does, uh, you ever change the, uh, the, the 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 two banks of four and then press? I can't remember. I can't work out what tactically happens. Is it, does he change? Yeah,
3: it's a very narrow sort of equivalent of four four two. So it's effectively a four two two two. So right. you have the two holding midfielders sitting in front of the back four. And then the two slightly more advanced midfielders, which I would imagine tomorrow will be um, Nathan Redmond. And I mean, probably it's probably going to be Theo Walcott because the other two options are both unavailable. Um, and what they will do is they will they will play quite narrow when um, when we have the ball, which means that the fullbacks are quite important. They'll overlap a lot. Um, but defensively, it then becomes becomes at least a four, um, sort of a bank of four in midfield. And then um, either Ings or um, whoever he's up front alongside, probably going to be Che Adams, I would imagine, um, will then also sit in, probably in a cup, kind of almost in a sort of withdrawn number 10 role, I guess, mm. um, when we don't have the ball.
2: Yeah, no, I was just intrigued by the, that we're going back to the Spurs game, is that it appeared to be just long balls that where you're undoing, which, uh, and, and Son, was his song is such a good player at dealing with that. Yeah. So it was, obviously you were attacking quite, High up the pitch, and and it was, slightly goes counter to what you're saying about them essentially being in the two banks of, of four, and then moving forward. I think, so, but you do push up occasionally, don't you? Is yeah, it, it depends
3: difference? depends on whereabouts on on the pitch. I think when when the balls when the ball's in the opposition third, we will push up high, um, and you'll have you'll kind of have a swarm on both the goalkeeper and the back four. Yeah. Um, but what I think the one the one thing that we did against Spurs that kind of shot ourselves in the foot was that the press was kind of a lazy press. Um, and so kind of, it wasn't everybody doing everybody doing sort of the job that they needed to yeah. do sort of as, as one group, it was kind of one player would press and one was kind of not quite there. And as a result, it then meant that Spurs were able to basically ping the ball over the top quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in, in other games where we've, where we've done it successfully, um you basically just suffocate the opposition, turn the ball over in their half yeah um i think I'm sure I saw a stat that um our games last season um contained the most uh, ball turnovers for both sides,
2: but I think so basically we' we rubbish at good keeping good. possession. I'm a fan of Redmond, I think Redmond's a really good player as well, and I think he's uh, I don't know what you think is he inconsistent well, every Steve,
0: time I... we we need to move it on a second sorry j k gonna nail your colours to the mast. How's it, I mean, I, I have to be honest, mate. I always, I never predict Chelsea are going to do anything other than win. So I would expect nothing less from you.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I I wouldn't be surprised if we lose. Um, we we're still not quite. Even though we won the last two games, we're still not quite where we were, even in the the sort of restart period. So I I I still think we'll probably lose, but it'll be it'll be a narrow one. I think, and I mean, we'll score. So I think probably 2-1 would be my
0: guess. Okay, fair enough. Steve, wish you all the luck in the world with that tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure none of my Southampton mates are listening to this because they they would never admit to it anyway. But uh, I do have a soft spot for Southampton. So uh, I kind of wish you a bit of luck. But obviously, I hope that we win. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the season too. Hopefully, we'll we'll get you back uh, later on in the season as well. And uh, finally, it's Total Saints podcast, isn't it? Yes, that's right, yeah. Available on all podcast platforms. And some rubbish ones as well. It's what I normally say about ours. But yep, Spotify, yep, that's, that's iTunes. And, and, on,
3: and on Patreon as well.
0: Oh, you're on Patreon. All right. Good yep. good on you. All right, mate. Well, look, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And we'll no see problem. you again Cheers for the invite. Pleasure, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. I'll speak to well, you later. Well, Cheers guys. Right. So, um there you go. So, actually that's really interesting chaps because I I I didn't know they played 4222. I I thought I always because we kind of did that the other week. I thought it was a made up formation, but actually hearing Steve talk about it it kind of makes a bit of sense Martin.
1: Yeah, I think um
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll be honest I'm I'm hard, hardly the tactical guru here but well, um
0: we know I'm not.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm certainly <laughs> fucking on a Friday
0: evening, but... Um... Does that mean it's me? Does that mean... Yeah, mean... that's why you're here, <laughs> JK. You're here for te- technical input. You're our technical advisor, mate.
2: I asked quite an interesting question, didn't you I? Did.
0: Which, he, which he responded with the fact yeah. that it was four two two two.
2: But yeah, I, when, when he plays... Um, when Frank plays uh, Abraham and Werner, surely that's what it must be. Yeah. There must be two playing up there. Otherwise,
0: well, uh, you know... That's a great segue, mate. Um, how do you think... I mean, you know... I think it's confused by the fact, I mean, I, 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 we have so many key issues about this match due to the injuries and stuff, and it's really hard to kind of separate them. So maybe I'll just leap into the key key issues. You know, Kepper or Caballero, who partners Kante? That's a, a runner, and, we and you know, I, I heard that Kante's carrying a knock. Who starts up front? Is it Werner or Abraham, or is it both? How does he fit both Havertz and Mountain? Uh, he's got Pulisic available, Zayech possibly to come on. It's this is such a hard game to predict what the starting lineups going to be. I think J.K. Oh, completely, completely. And, you know, and, and well, absent Giroud, of
2: course. You know, it, it's one of his great games. He scores yeah. against some time, doesn't he? Well, Ma- he
0: Martin, didn't... I know yeah. Martin was at that that match because i remember getting quite pissed in the cock with him not the cock the giddy bridge it was in
1: the giddy bridge were not it yeah, yeah uh, it, uh
0: before possibly afterwards too but it was such it was one of those great games jk you know one of those games you go to and that's why it's great where you were absolutely shit-faced it's a great away at southampton and we were abject beyond shit and then Oli Giroux came on and just absolutely blew it away. He was brilliant, wasn't he, Martin?
1: Yeah, I mean, the transformation from first half to second was unbelievable. <laughs> the and first then,
2: goal was just wonderful, wasn't it, Martin? That first yeah, goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just, there was no hope. And then got one back, then the second. What I remember from that second half was that Conte, rather than being on the touch run the whole time, just buggered off. Someone else was doing the coaching in an organisation and, organization and he, the comeback was on. And then a week later, we beat him at Wembley in the Cup semi-final and Giroud scored another belter.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember
1: that. A little but, slalom through the penalty area.
0: So, okay, I mean, kind of like, as I said, we kind of kind of turned it around on its head a bit. I mean, you know, Martin, Kepper or, or Caballero for you?
1: Caballero. Just because yeah. I think, I know what, I appreciate what Liam was saying about how much money they have invested in Kepper, but as far as I'm concerned, he's a busted flush now.
2: J.K.? Yeah, I think it'll be the same. Yeah, Caballero.
0: Yeah, I I think Frank will pick Kepper actually.
1: I think he will, but I prefer him I prefer <laughs> yeah. him pick Caballero,
0: and as so do I. I I think this is this is beyond unfortunate. I, I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, chaps. My heart sank today. I mean, I knew Mendy wasn't going to be playing. That's bad enough. But then when I heard that Silver can't play because he's he, he's, I mean, this is the other thing that we were saying earlier on, Martin, about what is the, fucking point of international football. Silver's not injured. He's it's just, just knackered. knackered. It's ridiculous. Anyway, the fact that we've lost Mendy and Silver, which were, you know, our a, attempt to apply a band aid to the defence, it, it really made my heart sink. So we, you know, let's be honest Caballero's not the answer, even if Keppa certainly isn't. Well- so.
2: I think one of the problems maybe who plays centre half. Well, that's right. what
0: I was getting to. I mean, you know, we no silver, so I mean Rudiger had a shocker by all accounts shocker. for Germany. Yeah. Because Martin it. and I didn't see it, so tell us more.
2: Well, just he's, you know, he he's just completely unreliable. Was it Scheißer? Hey, well it's was it, was it yes, absolute Scheißer. Complete Scheisser. Well, I don't know. I don't understand how he got picked. I don't understand why he was selected for that game. And of course, I'm except Werner scored a wonderful goal and was great, and so was Havertz. They were great. But, you know, but um uh, I didn't get that selection at all. No, he's he's clearly got the. You know, he's he's like a kind of, um, um, uh, just runs around slightly out of control. He's like a, uh, he's like the other bunnies in the Duracell Bunny Ad. You know, he's the he's the one who, who, who the non duracell Bunny who flails mad, the one who blows up. out midway yeah, through. Run out, run out of juice. Exactly, <laughs> he's that one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but, you know, so if he picks him um it'll be back to who does he pick him with uh, zuma does he pick um or it should be is it going to be zuma or tomorrow and christensen played very well indeed for for denmark during the week so did
1: he come off at half time was that planned or was did he have an...
2: no no
0: he he didn't i i, I didn't oh, see he, he was only playing england to be fair jk
1: but... he he I'm i'm pretty sure he came off at half time mm. and i don't know whether that was an injury or or because he got a yellow card in the first half i what, can't remember
0: who 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 would you two pick in the, i mean you know we we know Aspie... Uh, I presume Aspie will, will start and Chilwell will start. So given that, who is the central defensive pairing? Zuma and either Rudiger or, or Christensen or Tamori? So who would I, it be for you? i
2: personally pick Tamori. But yeah. once again, we don't know what's been happening in training. So in all, frankly... Well, not a
0: lot. If the, well, actually, he would have... Well, because Tamori wouldn't have been away with anybody, would he?
2: No, no, because he's England. He played for England, if you remember. So he and he wasn't picked for England. So he'd be. He did. Uh, he
0: did. He did make the squad then.
2: Uh, well, the England squad. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying he he he'd be he'd be training at um.
0: So Frank England would have. Bank. If you excuse the expression, Frank would have played with him all week. All week. All week. Which might stand him in some good stead.
1: That's not rumours. Really.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I would be perfectly happy seeing Tamori play. I I, I rate yeah. the kid. I really really. My pick do. would
1: be, my pick is Zuma and Tamori. Well, that would yeah. be my preferred back oh, well, two, that, that would that, be mine. That, that's assuming we play back four, we could go to back three. So
0: the other thing is, and I think there's a very interesting um, kind of theme developing going forward. You know, Kante obviously gets the the central defensive midfielder role. Um, but I, 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 you know, from what I've seen this season, I would happily put uh, Jorginho in with teams, you know, that we would expect to beat. Uh, and I would be less inclined to do so against teams that we know we're going to have a game against. And I would put Southampton in the category of a team I would expect to beat. So I would have no problem with Jorginho starting. But I think the bigger issue, now we've got all the other players coming back, the Pudisic, you know, Zajic won't start, we know that. But I still I still think he's got to somehow sort this Havertz amount issue out and the issue being how do you accommodate both of them i mean i, I know how i would do it i would play four-three-three, and i would have kante Havertz, amount um but I'm, I'm not i'm not convinced jk that, that that frank's listening to me more for him i say
2: well let's 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 imagine let's say who he's going to select it, it's Zayech is coming on eventually isn't he um so uh is he going to play Werner in the middle or does he play Abraham and put Werner on the left? But he's going to pick Werner and he's going to pick Havertz. So, um, uh, but as you say, if Kante's injured, you'll...
0: Well, I, I think he'll be all right because he didn't say anything in the press of today. So I'm presuming he's right, OK. So you presume he's going to play. Well, then
2: Jorginho won't get in, will he? Um, it'll be... Uh, um, it'll probably be Kovacic, I would suspect. Um it's just a permutation of who he drops because Pulisic is 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 back to form now. Well not back to form, he's back to fitness. So if he plays Pulisic on the left, he plays Werner in the middle, and he plays um uh, Havertz Hudson, in midfield and will he play Hudson odoi then, I presume.
0: But but that's then, then Willie. Yeah, but that that's that you I think are amazingly enough agreeing with me. I mean, you know, I would have Kante, Havertz and Mount in midfield, and I would have Pulisic, Werner.
2: I'd have Mount. Yeah, no, I said Kovacic. I'd have, yeah. I'd have, oh, it wouldn't surprise me though. If Mount, if well, Mount played so well during the week, whether Mount played very well, both England games, he played very well, whether you put, um, uh, whether Mount doesn't make it in. I felt that the get the, the, the selection the other day, I thought was a bit dubious, but nonetheless, none if, if the stars are there, is there a place for Mount? Does Mount come on as a sub? Does he come on as a, as a super sub? I, I,
0: I, I mean, look, I'll, I'll nail my colors to the mast here. Uh, you know, we are a poorer side without Mason Mount because I think... I, I agree I th- with you. I agree. Mason Indeed. Mount, you know, he he may not be Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz is clearly going to be a phenomenal footballer for this club, all things being equal. But Mason Mount brings something to that team that nobody else does. The energy, the dynamism, you know, he he is essential to this team and I, and I think Lampard knows that there has to be a way to accommodate him and that's why I keep saying Martin it's got to be 4-3-3 and then you know you have your box to box midfielder which I would say Mount is you have your creative midfielder which is Havertz. and you have your destroyer breaker up of play which is Kanté and that allows you to play Pulisic Werner and I would imagine eventually Ziyech uh, but if he's not going to start on on Saturday then Hudson-Odoi As your front three. For me, that makes sense. But, you know, what do I know? I ain't got me UA for A or me UA for B.
1: I haven't even got them myself. But um, I just think I've
0: got a lovely pint of beer, though.
1: That's better. That counts for something. (laughs) I think we we seem to be at our best when we play with high energy. Yeah. And we don't dawdle. So I think we we have to go with that. The only thing uh, Frank may have to bear in mind on sure he has he is considering it the champions league starts next midweek well, so indeed. there is that to <laughs> bear in mind so you know people will get games um so i don't think it, people should be you know throwing their hands up in the air if in despair or whatever if a certain player doesn't play i know there's that weird anti-mason mount thing on social media no, but but, you know. yeah I, do, I know but yeah it it has to be mentioned why there why because it's irrelevant. Because, because because we have to know what the idiots in the world think just yeah, so well, we can I, tell them I they're
0: know wrong. That. I I do prefer my my Chelsea fancast and Chelsea friend silo but I and I do know what you mean Martin but yeah they they have the, I mean and I, you know sadly none of them are listening to this but they have no relevance they carry no weight i mean actually do you know what the reality is none of us do You know, Frank doesn't listen to this bloody show and he'd be an absolute fool if he did listen to what we had to say in a sense. So it is all irrelevant. But, you know, I'm just going to throw one thing in here, actually, because it really picks up on what Steve was saying, JK. Um, Given that they're going to play really narrow and they're going to be, as as our dear, dear uh, horrible manager Rafa used to say, compact, they'll be compact. Um, And, of course, the way that Spurs buried them was by just pegging balls over the top with Son racing onto them. I I have a suspicion that this is a game where Jorginho might actually offer us something because he does have that ability to ping a ping a pass over the top for somebody like you know Werner or even Abraham or even Pulisic to run onto, and that could be useful.
2: But does he get in though? I was about to say, do, do, what happens? Do Jorginho and Kovacic get in, or does he rest players for the the Champions League game, or do they? What you know? What's the structure? Yeah, but the... I, I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay
0: Jorginho against Sevilla.
2: No, well, perhaps he gets in then and Mount doesn't. Perhaps Mount has a rest from playing all the time for England. Yeah. Perhaps he brings him on as a sub. Perhaps, perhaps, you know, I, I'm intrigued to see who he thinks should play around Kante because Kante will obviously be, be uh, the
0: first choice. And how good choice. was Conte in the last match? Excellent. Fantastic. Wasn't he? I mean, we said it afterwards, yeah. didn't we? we yeah. He's getting back to his best, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So he becomes undroppable. But then who do you, who do you fit with him? This is the dilemma. I mean, what you know, we tried to work out what would be the best team, and we presumed it would be all the signings, but perhaps it's not.
0: I think the the really interesting thing about this is that, I mean, look, you know, if you talk to any current pro or or former pro, they will say to you, you know, system schmistems, it's about players – and anyway, Kerry Jason, isn't it? Well, well, Kerry 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 would be far more rude about it than I am being. But, <laughs> you know, he, he certainly says that. But, I mean, your modern players will say something similar. They will say, well, you know, it's not that rigid. You know, we might start 4-3-3, but we'll, we'll change to 4-2-3-1 or whatever. You know, they change systems during the game, depending on the yeah. situation. So I think maybe it's a bit spurious of us to sit going, oh, he's got to play 4-3-3. But what I do think is interesting is that, you know, last season that's how he wanted to play. He he started off playing four three three and it didn't work, and then we went to three at the back, didn't we? Occasionally, um, so I'm really surprised that he's kind of gone to this four two three one idea. I'm not, I just don't understand that. You know, well, I don't.
2: I, I think it's something to do with the, the, the he's got this defensive guy in. I wonder whether it works better if defensively the the ball isn't um, pinged out. If it's actually there's a bit more thought about the marking or a bit more thought about it. Well, but it's
0: difference. the double pivot, isn't it, as those wallies on Twitter like to call it. You know, you've got you know basically Kante and jo- uh, Jorginho kind of switching. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, and I so it kind of gives you a bit more defensive solidity, I suppose. But I mean you And know, perhaps it
2: slows it down. You can't then ping the ball forward uh, in the okay. way that he was doing at the beginning of the season. Perhaps uh, not, that I think the
1: other thing is that the issues we had defensively were set pieces and getting done on the counter. Uh, yeah. So if this is if this is a way to you know count you know work on that I think we'd looked a little bit better against palace although I thought they were I'm surprised how weak they were but um if they if they're they think going four two three one allows them to, to prevent over committing up front and not getting caught like that then it can work in the it can only work in the long term but in the short term it does look a little bit stayed in comparison to some of the stuff we saw this time last season.
0: Well, you know what? Bring back total football. That's what I say. I want to see Mendy or or Kepper or Cabio herring up on a dribble and putting it in the back of the net. You know, let's go Dutch. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I do think about tomorrow. And I, I, I think, you know, and I think in a sense, this, this is what works so well against Palace. But I think we need to score first. I do think an early goal, as always, really, really helps. Because, you see, I think Steve was right. Southampton are going to come with a game plan, which is to to not concede, keep it tight, be compact, and hit us on the break and try and steal something. So if we get a goal up, it's going to change the game dramatically. And I also think it will give the, the lads some confidence, which I still think they need, because I still think that we're a long way from the finished article. And I still think it's very, very early days in terms of this season, in terms of more gelling together. So a, a quick goal will will help. Would you agree with that, J.K.?
2: Oh, I think a quick goal always helps, doesn't it? I mean, having said that, I think we several times last season we sc- scored a quick goal and then fell apart. So, um, um, oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think they're as good a side as us. I think they're he, they're very well organised. Um, and we haven't in the past been terribly good at breaking down teams, um, who, as we know, who who set up these two banks of four. But I felt that there were better signs of it happening in the um, in the Palace game because they attempted to defend, and I think um, it'll be very interesting to see if uh, if Havertz comes into his own in this game, and I suspect he might actually. I think they have better they have better keys for unlocking. Rigid defences than they've had over the last few years because they're they really are rather special. Werner and Havertz. Uh, and it, it will be about time that have that Werner um, s- scores the kind of goal he scored for Germany oh, during the week, yeah, which was absolutely terrific.
0: I think which the was- the other thing is you know Steve was saying that that, that Saints play really narrow, which means you know you, which means they basically crowd the middle of the pitch. But uh, that means we need to get get some width. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if James starts instead of Aspie actually having said that Aspie's nailed on to start but you know James and Chilwell herring down the wing in support and you know basically us getting wide and putting really good delivery in uh might might be quite a useful ploy Martin.
1: Yeah and I was about to say Werner playing out a bit wider as well because you can use his speed to stretch that defense a little bit more I'm sure if they do play as narrow as Steve was saying then he he may get a lot more open space on that side, especially if we turn the ball over quickly and can break on them when they're not as compact as they would like to be.
0: Mm. All right, nail nail your colours to the mask, gents. Martin?
1: 2-1, Chelsea.
0: JK? Uh, 2-1, Chelsea. Right, well, I cannot tell a lie, as George Washington once said. Uh, I have already predicted 3-1 in uh, my Prem predictions, so I'm going to stick with that. And actually, talking of Prem predictions, anybody listening tonight uh, who is in our Prem predictions league, make sure you get your... Uh, picks in before kick-off tomorrow. I think it's the first game, the Everton-Liverpool game. So make sure you get him in before that. Um, you don't... Uh, well, I mean, Joe Mingola, I should thank him again for, uh, you know, being the manager of the month. He needs all the credit for this. He was the manager for the month of, of September, but because he lived in the States, I got the bottle of whiskey. It does not seem fair at all, does it? So You're those, not complaining now, are you? I'm not complaining at all. There's a very... Those- <laughs>
2: It's a lovely picture, Chidge. Is it? It's a very good picture of you with the bottle. Yeah, you look as if you're advertising it. Was the...
0: really... Oh, so the bottle's full then. I, do you know what? I looked at it after as so I thought of you, and I thought Jonathan would be so cross with me because I, I didn't have the full front of the bottle. I had it slightly turned, you know. Yeah, yeah,
2: but it, it looked real. But yeah, you should have held it slightly yeah. in it with your four fingers so you didn't put yeah, your hand over the table.
0: Yeah. yeah, but you see the thing is I had to get my missus to take it and she was very grumpy she'd just woken up and she was on her way out to see the dentist so I was lucky to get somebody to take a photograph of me at all So
1: she did quite well considering yeah. con- con- it. posing with a bottle of whiskey in the morning
0: yeah con- <laughs> context is everything Martin
1: yeah I think well, thinking of what you were talking about how you should hold it if it had been me it would have been like at uh, that angle and with yeah. the neck open and the
0: Eric Morecambe poise yeah <laughs> indeed
1: more like the bloody Jockey Wilson poise well,
0: that too boys it's been great uh, doing a, another preview show I do enjoy doing these. Lovely to hear from Liam earlier on, and Steve Grant from Total Saints Podcast. Uh, good luck, everybody, in your prem predictions tomorrow. Um, Jonathan and I, and Ma- well, Martin's actually whipping our arse. I think Martin's doing best out of all the fancraft mob. From what I recall,
1: I've got to say I've, I had one good week, and the next three were absolutely shit. I've been I've been doing the scores too reflect normal football so all this oh, 7-2 and 6-1 nonsense is kicking my ass quite badly i got
0: so many minus points for that bloody <laughs> 7-2 uh, jonathan and i are doing appallingly we really need to up our game but good luck to everybody playing the prem predictions and uh thank you everybody for listening uh, we will be back on monday night i can't for the life of me remember who's going to be on with me and jonathan i think dan put his hand up first so i know dan's on uh, and I can't remember. Oh, Tony. Tony's with us as well. So there we go. We'll have Tony and Dan on with us on Monday. And we'll be talking all about the Southampton game, obviously. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the Severe game, which is on the Tuesday. Champions League football is back. How, ooh, how exciting. I'm feeling ooh. I'm feeling quite moist about that. Anyway, enough of my uh, personal hygiene. Right, we will be back on Monday. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Up the Chelsea!
3: empfiehlt Podcasts, die wir lieben.
4: Es ist nicht alles Gay, was glänzt, oder doch? Das klären wir jetzt in Busenfreundin, der Podcast. Hey Leute,
3: mein Name ist Ricarda. Ich bin Comedy-Autorin und die Stimme des LGBTIQ-Podcasts Busenfreundin.
1: Und ich treffe jede Woche spannende Menschen und spreche mit ihnen über alles, was die queere Szene bewegt. Bei Busenfreundin gibt's Unterhaltung gepaart mit Haltung. Oft, also nicht immer. Denn manchmal schweife ich auch ab. Zum Beispiel mit Leuten wie Riccardo Simonetti, Sarah Kuttner und vielen, vielen mehr. Also schaltet jetzt ein zu Busenfreundin eurem
3: Lieblings-LGBTIQ-Infotainment-Podcast. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst.